Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, you are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we talk about films we think might be underseen, underrated, or underappreciated. I'm your host, Josh Hallam, and I'm joined, as ever, by my wonderful co-host and friend, Alice Oliver. Right, oh, friend. Look at that. Friend, colleague. co-host and friend. Colleague. Associate. My muse. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, <laughs> how are you doing? You all right? I'm very well, thank you, Josh. How about you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. I'm excited. You know I'm excited, mm-hmm. don't you? Oh, I do know why you're always excited. the same I'm, reason. I'm also excited. <laughs> yeah, always the same reason. But we're joined by another wonderful guest. Um, he's a podcaster amongst many things. He's from Hardcore Liston. Uh, Chris Glasson, how are you doing? You okay? Hey guys, yeah, I'm great. Yeah, really happy to be here. Nervous because I'm not normally the one being it, like spoke. You know, I'm normally the host. Yeah, and also it's about a subject I love as well. So I'm actually like I've been on other podcasts. I'm like it could be about anything, and I'm like you know, my heartbeat doesn't go up at all. But yeah, I was, I've been looking forward to coming on this. You feel like you're sort of coming good. into an exam, coming into an exam on yeah, on film. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to be like criticised for my hosting <laughs> film. And... Maybe. Maybe. It does happen. Yeah, probably, it does actually. happen. Yeah, let's, let's get started fine. with it. No, um, no, no well, <laughs> we always start with a completely random question, so I put that out to the yeah, listeners sure. as we always do. And I picked this one from Twitter or X or whatever it's called now. This is from John Loftus on Twitter, who is at Lofty Sounds. That's L-O-F-T-Y-S-N-D-S. So sounds without the vowels and Lofty, which is his name. Um, I like this one, actually. I'll come to you first, Alex, because I'm interested to know what you're going to say. If Mm -hmm. you had to live on only one food forever, what would it be? Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I do think about this very often. Usually go for avocado um, because you've got some healthy fats in there, some vits and mins, and I just love the taste. The other one that does sometimes come up, though, is eggs as well. I just love eggs, mm, little versatile. balls of protein, delightful, yeah, omelette, scrambled, poached, whatever you want, eggy bread, although you wouldn't have the bread, mm. would you? It should just be a, a bowl to. of egg. Just be eggy. <laughs> egg. Um, yeah, I reckon avocado would be the one, because I, I think I could stomach that forever as well. What about you? Well, so what we've not said here is, is it is it one specific food? Like if you say crisps. Do you have to say? Is it like <laughs> to get away with that? Every, or, every flavor. Yeah, like bread. is it just every crisp? Because if if it's that, if in that case, it's cheese. Okay, oh. I see what you mean. Yeah, but then also yeah. any food that is the only thing you eat is gonna get you're gonna get bored of, aren't you? Well, you also you won't be... have to eat cheese for that long, Josh. No, exactly. I can give it you know. 10 years and you will yeah. absolutely be dead. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's, <laughs> and that's the dream, you isn't it? get bored of it. Cheese, yeah. cheese yourself to death. <laughs> that's so the dream. So if it was going to be just one type of cheese, though, which one So if it's just be? like, what, just like fucking Cathedral City, then no, it's bread sure. then. <laughs> 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 like, Because at least, you know, bread, 
eat a bit of bread, get gout, die. <laughs> you know, that's the, that's the dream. That's the dream. the dream. So yeah, if we say it's just if you say it's one type of food, then yeah, it'd probably mm-hmm. be like bread or cheese or crisps mm-hmm. or something. Not avocado. I'm not thinking about healthy fats. I was. I'm thinking about what oh, can know. I eat because I can just eat gotta small think amounts. About your of... healthy fats, okay? You got to think about them. <laughs> got to think about your healthies. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Chris? All right. So before this podcast, uh, me and the missus were like, "Oh, we've got a little bit of time to kill." Um, after dinner, which is, uh, yeah, really unhealthy. And then we were like, um, oh, there's this thing on Netflix. And it was like, uh, it's something, something blue zone. And Molly was like, oh yeah, um, I've heard about this guy. It, the blue zones in the world are all about the people who live the longest, like the highest percentage mm. of people who live beyond a hundred years. And there's a place in Japan, going to massacre the name because I've only just started watching it called oh, uh, Okinawa. Um, so everyone's going to be like, that's really not how you pronounce that word. But um, they, sixty, I think it's something like 65 to 70% of their calorific intake comes via sweet potato. I'm mm. like, what? Um, so uh, I'm going to, I'm. it would be crisps, but I'm going to go healthy. <laughs> you can make sweet potato. And crisps. I'm going to say sweet potato. And yeah. uh, maybe I've, I've had put a few, added a few extra years to your listeners' so, lives there. So just sweet potato live to be 150. Absolutely, man. Yeah. That is interesting. That is interesting. <laughs> Thank you for telling me that because now I'm going to go mad on the sweet potatoes. <laughs> sweet potato and avocado on toast or something oh, like that. Oh, beautiful. Mm. Man, that's beautiful. Yeah, that. Beautiful Sweet potato stuff. chips beautiful dipped stuff. in avocado. Yeah, man. Yeah, great. I think avocado is a little bit overrated, Alice. It's it's fine. <laughs> Do you know, it's there, isn't it? I, I don't know. I, I, I just don't think so because when I was a kid, my mum just used to make the best guacamole ever. So from then, my love for avocados has been strong. But I, and, and you know, not to get all, I did it first or whatever, but I was loving avocados in the 90s, right? Then wow. like Christmas 1995, my mum making the avocado dip. We didn't know it was guacamole, but it was obviously guacamole, but she just called it avocado dip. Delicious. Beautiful. Well, I was I'm literally a- just having chicken Kievs in the 90s. You hey, were, you were also, way before you Also time. banging, also banging. <laughs> yeah, just turkey dinosaurs for me, curly yeah. fries. <laughs> I think, yeah, I um, You know, that's one of the things my other half loves is, you know those dips in the supermarket that you put, mm-hmm. you're supposed to put like breadsticks or crisps in that's like sour cream yeah. and Thousand Island. They are my food turn off. They are, they, yeah. They're rank. Right. They are, they all just taste like the back of the fridge. They're not. Yeah, they are a bit. They are a bit rank. If I'm feeling gross, then I'll go for it. Get like a massive bag of Doritos, get one of mm. them, and go to town. But no, it's not. You don't do that if you're trying to be kind to yourself. That's when you want to punish yourself <laughs> for being bad. Definitely. I always get a bit funny with that, like sharing dips. Like there's certain foods that I'm not good at sharing. Like I mm-hmm. can't share a bowl. Like if, if if a mate or my missus was eating a bowl of ice cream, they're like, oh, can you finish this mouthful? I'd be like, absolutely not. Like I, <laughs> my head can't. But if you said, do you want a, a sip of my pint? I'd be fine. But there's something oh, really? about like yogurty consistency stuff and people sharing it where my brain's just like, nope. I get that. Yeah. Not doing it. I understand you. Yeah, for sure. Okay, we'll move on to talking about this week's film then, which is The Crow from 1994. So uh, if you've not seen it, then spoiler warnings for an almost 30-year-old film. Um, Chris, you picked this one. So tell the people at home a little brief synopsis of what it's about. And then more importantly, why did you pick it? Is it underseen? Is it underrated? Do you just love it and want to talk about it? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, 
So, a quick synopsis. I'm going to do this from the start of the movie. So, if you haven't seen it in 30 years, um, well, this is the beginning. So, if you like how I read this, then um, it's for you. I'm not going to try and impersonate Rochelle Davis's husky whispered tones because I'm just a monotone Essex boy. But uh, (laughs) it opens with this. It says, uh, people once believed that when someone dies, a crow carries their soul to the land of the dead. But sometimes... Something so bad happens that a terrible sadness is carried with it and a soul can't rest. Then sometimes, just sometimes, the crow can bring that soul back to put the wrong things right. So that's basically, it's a, it's a revenge film. Mm. It's, a, it's a revenge film. It's a dark fantasy, um, a goth's dream <laughs> of a film. Um, 1994, uh, directed by Alex Proyas, who did things like Dark City, mm. iRobot. Uh, gods of Egypt. Um, he's also done a load of music videos as well. Mm. And you kind of can see that in this film and vice versa. Big really. time. Yeah. Big so time in yeah. this film. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, so that's it. There's a lot, there's a, it's got a, 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 a few other notable cast members. He's Brandon Lee's is the leading lone. So that's Bruce Lee's son. Mm-hmm. Um, for anyone who, who doesn't know, um, he plays Eric Draven. And basically, who else is in it? You've got Michael Wincott. He stars as the lead antagonist, really top dollar. Um, Rochelle Davis, I said, who's Sarah, who's a young girl in it. Um, Cap- well, Chief Albrecht is uh, Ernie Hudson, who's seen in films like Ghostbusters. I love Ernie Hudson. Um, who else? And David uh, Patrick Kelly as T-Bird. He was from like, Warriors come out to play. <laughs> and Tony Todd, who was can- Candyman. So mm. there's a few people uh, that you might recognise from the nineties in there, yeah. Um, what what do I think it's underrated, underseen? I mean, I would be lying if I said in the nineties this film was underseen, um, <laughs> and it and it and it grossed big time. Like it, it did pretty well. Uh, well, I, I don't actually, I don't have the figures on that, but it was everywhere. Mm. Like everyone was sharing it. A lot of like it was passed down from like all our older mates because I think I was about fourteen. Uh, when it came out, and they're like, "This is this is the bomb." Everyone watch it. Um, but I, I I feel like it's now underseen, and, and I think it's underseen because you know if you take any action you, you, a, action hero from the nineties, like you, you know if you said Stallone, um, Schwarzenegger, um, Willis, you know, all, the list goes on. Van Damme, Segal, whatever. Um, they they continue to make films. And unfortunately, um, in this is, is, is Brandon Lee passed away. Mm-hmm. He passed away during the shooting of this film. And so he, uh, you know, he never got a, a legacy beyond this. This was, it was, a, I thought it was an incredible film. Um, and I think, you know, he'd done a few films before that that were mostly poorly rated. There was one called Showdown in Little Tokyo, which I flipping loved, <laughs> but I was like 12 and I haven't watched it back. I imagine I wouldn't have the same opinion. But um, I think that would have springboarded him to like real superstardom, and and as a result, you'd we'd still be watching his films through the two thousands, twenty tens, and people would be going back through his back catalogue. And it, unfortunately, that just didn't happen. Um, you know, it affected people like Rochelle Davis, who was the, the the girl in it. Sarah, she was really young, and I mean, she could have been set for really good stardom there. She was like. A, a grunge dream really of, for uh, as a girl I think she would have done so well in that era for acting um, and it like his death really messed her up 
So she did, she has come back to acting, but not for years. Mm. Um, yeah, so it had a big impact, and I think that sucked. There's a little bit of a void there. I mean, Bruce Lee himself died during the making of the film as well. Mm. It's all a bit, all a bit weird. I'm not going to get tinfoil hatty on here. Uh, you know, I, I, it's funny. When my fascination with the crow. I watched it so many times for about 10 years between like, say, 14 to 24, 25. Then I had it on VHS. Then when everything went to Blu-ray, I never bought it on Blu-ray. And so it's been like a massive period since I haven't watched it. And Josh, when you were saying, what do you want to pick? It was almost one of the first ones. And then you were like, oh, because you haven't watched it. And I thought, mm. I better watch it. And so I watched it last night and I was terrified it was going to be crap. Because <laughs> I hadn't seen it for like 14 years. I was like, what if it's absolute dog shit? Um, but I rewatched really it. I, th- I didn't think that. Mm, that. There you go. That happens to us all the time, mm. and it's, it, it does <laughs> yeah. happen where we've changed our minds on stuff. Like one of both of us on more than one occasion have picked a film, come to do the episode, and gone, "Ah, oh, it's not as good as I thought it was." Mm. But that <laughs> for, makes for, for a really good discussion as well. Yeah, and it, I do sure. love it when that happens, and when you mm. sort of when you you go into something feeling so sure of it. And then you come out. But then the other times as well, what happens is you go into something and you think, oh, fuck, this is going to be terrible. This is going to be bad. I only liked it because I was a kid. And then you watch it and it really surprises you. And it's like, oh, actually, that really held up. So there's so many different ways it can go. But yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you weren't disappointed that you didn't think it was crap. (laughs) I mean, um, you're right. And also you can find I didn't find anything new in this film. It turns out all I realized was I knew the film word for word still. And it was, <laughs> it was beautiful and freaky because uh, it triggers emotions that you'd forgot you'd had about a film. Mm. But I think with other films, Alice, sometimes you watch them as an adult and you're like, oh, there's uh, there's way more content there that was just f- flying over my head mm-hmm. as a child. Mm. Uh, I think especially with a film yeah. like this as well, because obviously because of what happened to Brandon Lee, it's inevitably got that emotional baggage. It will always be associated mm. with that event. So that for those, you know, for those listening at home, if you don't, if you don't know what happened, so first of all, obviously it's quite a dark t- subject matter. So if you're not feeling in the headspace to listen to it, mm. please come back and listen to it when you do feel in the headspace to listen to it. But mm-hmm. essentially, a stunt went wrong. Unfortunately, Brandon Lee then lost his life. It was quite similar to the Helena Hutchins case, which has been in the yeah. press recently mm. with a dummy cartridge, I think it was, or a fake round or something like that basically going wrong and unfortunately the performer you know lost their life it's, it's very very sad like you say chris it's obviously got echoes of the fact that his, his father passed away young and he passed away young so if you're wondering what that was then that that is what that was but it is so just to come back to what you said there i i hadn't seen it before and and it'd been i have a list i have a list of films of, that i want to pick for the podcast <laughs> yeah. and i have a list of films that i you know i want to make sure i watch and that's anything from films that are 100 years old to films that have just come out. And I, I've got not had the time to watch them yet. And The Crow's been on there for ages because every time... I love comic books and I love comic book films. And, and quite often I read about them and the amount of times it's like such and such was influenced by The Crow. Such and such. So, so for example, again, for those listening at home, Heath Ledger's makeup in The Dark Knight is influenced by Brandon Lee's makeup in the crow well, so that's that sort of that's thing that's not surprising no. at all is it mm. well. equally it's not just comic books because it ha- it's had a massive influence on films like the matrix and then all the films that came after the matrix that were trying desperately hard to be the matrix um but <laughs> but weren't the matrix so i hadn't seen it, seen it before but alice had you because i have a feeling you might have seen it before but then you've not seen uh, anything so yeah no no you you're, you're correct with that josh i was a goth girl in uh, yeah. 2004 uh so this film was very very yes exactly yeah. so this film was very popular in my friend group 
um, you know, do you remember in the days of MSN and that? Mm, where a lot of the wow. lads would have like quotes from the film as their MSN <laughs> names and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Deep. So, deep, so deep we, stuff. yeah, we were in with this film very much. But um, like you, Chris, I hadn't seen I hadn't seen it in years and years, probably since I was you know sort of youngish teenager. And again, I had some concerns as well of like, oh, mm. is this going to be bad? My main concern for some reason, was was around Brandon Lee's performance. Mm, I was right, like, oh, yeah. is it just going to yeah, be yeah. like super, super cheesy? Is this going to mm-hmm. be like a, maybe a bit of a kind of Keanu Reeves sort of thing where it's mm. like, oh, he's just a bit wooden and he, I'm not really feeling anything. But I was so pleasantly surprised. And he was actually, he was brilliant, I thought, and a real highlight for it. And obviously there is a lot of weight behind it because of what happened, like you said. But ultimately... I was I was so relieved with uh, how much I did enjoy it, and so it wasn't on my list for the podcast, but it was nearly on my list. So there's, <laughs> I've got my list of films that I'm definitely going to go, definitely going to do, and then in the back of my mind, there's a list of films that I might do, but I couldn't really tell if it was underrated or underseen because I, mm. I have seen the ratings, Joshua. I will let you know that just mm, so I'm okay. not making any guesses mm. at the end and pretending that I'm mm-hmm. a genius. So I do know <laughs> kind of what it got, and then I wasn't sure if it was underseen. But you said something earlier, Chris, about kind of how it did uh, in the box office and stuff. And and what I read was that it was like, it was like a bit of a slow burn. So it sort of didn't have that immediate success. But I think because of what happened, they kept releasing it for about four years after its initial Mm. release. Mm. And every time it sort of got a bit more momentum and the kind of hype around it got a little bit stronger. So I think financially it was... Ultimately, it was a success. It a just took quite a while to I get there. Called. Yes, yes. That, mm. that, I think that's it. Yeah. And now I think it's a bit of a cult classic as well. So it's definitely in, in the zeitgeist in that regard. Uh, but yeah, ultimately, I really enjoyed watching it and I enjoyed it so much more than I thought it was going to, oh, which I was pleased relief. about. Yeah. Because yeah. there were so many films to pick from. Like, I was probably boring. Josh asked me, what do you want to pick? And then I just mm. gave him a diatribe. And he's probably like, yeah. just pick just one, mate. I've not finished reading it, Chris. It was, it was, it was massive. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, just to Going back to what you said there, Alice. Remember, remember when films were in the cinema for more than a week? That was good, wasn't it? I know, man. Back in the day, know, when, you, when people times. didn't just go, I'll watch it on streaming in, a, in, in three yeah. weeks. <laughs> or, or whatever. But anyway, so oh, that's interesting. So I hadn't seen it before, Alice. You had, and obviously Chris, you picked it. So go on then, Alice. Having watched it again, then what mm-hmm. did you? What did you? Obviously said it. It did live up to that memory. It did live, live up to that expectation. What? What did you reckon to it? So. I do really like how pretty much everything about this film is just so bleak and grim as hell, right? (laughs) So the weather, the surroundings, the people, the plot, the aesthetic in a lot of places, like this world just feels like a bad place and only bad things happen here. And I like how the aesthetic of the buildings and the costumes and some of the props and that are a mix of like this classic gothic Hollywood sort of hammer horror style, but then mixed in with like downtown Detroit. And I think these two things complement each other really well. I really like how intense the whole thing is. Like in every aspect of this film, it feels so intense. The visuals, the feelings, the sounds and the music, the unrelenting anger and vengeance that just emanates from Eric. But you do get like this odd moment of calm, but only when we're with, or I felt with um, the officer Albrecht. So when you're around him, Things feel quite pleasant. They're quite relaxed when he's on screen because he's a little bit more in control and he feels like a bit of a calming influence on the chaos around him. But it just sort of, when he is on screen, it kind of highlights just how intense and chaotic the rest of the film is. 
Uh, technically, I feel like a lot of effort and attention to detail has gone into the camera work. So the camera feels like it's literally all over the place. Like it's low, it's high, there's close-ups, there's wides, it's panning, it's crabbing. The shot selection is so varied and it makes the action sequences feel really intense and really fast paced. And I think it helps immerse you into the film in general. And it really does keep you engaged because there just isn't any opportunity for you to switch off from what you're seeing. And it also adds to the chaos and the mayhem of the film, which there is a lot of in this instance. Uh, so I think just the general feeling that I was getting from the screen, from watching it, was just quite poor. Like it just <laughs> kept you, you were just focused on it, I feel. It just, it held your attention so well, I thought. It's, it, is a very, it is a very intense, I mean, the city in it, it looks like hell. It just it's looks grim, like, it looks like it? some, so it looks grim. like the upside down or something, doesn't it? it really, yeah. It, like it, yeah. It's, it looks like a hell. And it's interesting, I was trying to read why, why were so many films around the late 80s to mid 90s, there was quite a few films set in Detroit where the narrative was, it, it's rough, it's a shit hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Robocop yeah. was one, yeah, the, uh, this sure. was one, there's other ones as well, they don't come immediately to mind. And I was like, I couldn't find anything about why that was, but I do know that it eventually went bankrupt, didn't it, as a city. Detroit mm. declared itself bankrupt as a city. But, it, but but And I don't know if that is because of some sort of sociological issue, economic, yeah. obviously it must have been economic because they went bankrupt. But yeah, I was interested to know why it is, because like they say, in this, it looks like, it does. It, it looks like, a hellscape. It looks like he's escaped from heaven into hell. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. We talk about this because <clears throat> a few things. It they've like so. It's not Detroit, like how they've modelled it, um, but it, it they portray it of it because they've tried to make it more gothic in a sense. Mm. Um, so that's not exactly right, but it fits perfectly mm. because of the, the story they're telling. But what is real is Devil's Night. Yes, Devil's Night is yeah. a thing, and like, it, like so, Devil's Night in 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 this movie is a night around. I think it's Halloween where criminals basically just set fires left, right, mm. and centre across the city, and that actually is, I I never knew that until recently. And it's like, oh, what? Mm. So like that that was happening in Detroit. So Detroit has had its like some serious issues. Weirdly, Devil's Night ended with Angels Night, which was the community deciding to try and turn it around mm. and stop this mass sort of like uh crime wave and and like arson event happening but yeah so that that all happened but yeah it's funny Ace, because when i first when i stuck it on last night the very first thing i noticed was the set because i'm watching it on a you know i've got a couple of quid to throw about now i've got a flat <laughs> screen tv and like i i you know i i like the, the set is clearly a model mm. and i was like I never knew that. Like <laughs> that never once made me, I never once registered that as like a team, <laughs> that that was a model cityscape that you were seeing. It was, it was only on my TV. I was like, shit. Like, and immediately it was like, oh no, is this going to be really bad? But <laughs> you need to get a shit of telly, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I should never yeah. be able to join this film again. I could, you know what? I could just put a, like one of my mum's old tights over the screen <laughs> and that'll sort of like soften it, won't it? Yeah, and that's what the, the filmmakers, the that's their vision for how you should watch it. Exactly. With a tight yeah. stretched over the telly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what about you, Chris, then? Obviously, you've got, you've got loads to say about this. So hit us with it. What do you like um, about The Crow? I, I, I was making notes last night, but I was making notes in the dark. So I was, I was hoping that I could still even read it now. Um, I think like just... Things like camera work that you mentioned, Alice, like the like how varied it is and how creative it creatively it's shot, 
uh, I think combined with the palette of the the lighting and like the semiotics of that lighting, it's it's dark, it's black, it's red, it's white, and a lot of those themes uh, come through. Like the creativity of using POV for shooting it, mm. I think is really good. And then I think just coming around to this whole feeling that like because I, I was t I was I was looking, I was keeping track of the timing because I was like, it's an hour and forty. I was like, I wonder. I never remember this film dragging. Mm. I wonder if at any point I'm like, what's going on here? And uh, 16 minutes in, you get your first revenge killing. And I'm like, so you've had entire setup of this character who's effectively really a, a, a superhero. Mm. Well, it's really. based on a comic book, uh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we can dive, we can dive into that as a little afterward. But... <laughs> um, yeah, uh, like it's like boom. At sixteen minutes in, you're absolutely rolling, and the rest of the film, there's no fat in the script. Like and like the fact that I can remember every single line. Granted, I watched it a lot. I did watch it a lot, but like the fact every time, like I didn't, I didn't. Every line kind of resounded. It had a meaning. Um, it didn't have to always be deep. It has its sort of like its philosophies behind it, but every line was just like that's that's really well executed, and that's the same as the as the plot. The plot just fries along, and again, the characters, even some of those characters, aren't in it for uh, particularly very long, like Tintin, uh, Fun Boy. But when you actually break down everything they say, every way that they behave, it absolutely serves the pot, it plot. It absolutely serves the nature of the character. The bad guys in it are world-class turds. I've nicked <laughs> that from Steve Buscemi and uh, Desperado. But they are. They're all turds. And, you you know, very quickly you want them all dead, effectively. And they, it doesn't take you long to be behind Brandon Lee and The Crow or Eric Draven being like, come on, let's let's straighten these these assholes out. Because what they do is obviously unforgivable. It's, it's awful. They show just enough for that to make you feel uncomfortable without having to be particularly that explicit with it with the travesty um, and Brandon Lee's performance again Alice I was a little bit like uh, how's this gonna how's this gonna pan out now and uh, you know how do you play someone that's come back from the dead and who doesn't really understand that and also do it without them having to have like 40 minutes of exposition or a training montage <laughs> that you get in most like, like Marvel films now. Um, so I loved that about it as well. I thought it f flipped through. I didn't even realize your observation there, Alice, about like the, the calm parts with Albert. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, and that, that makes perfect sense. It's, it's so strange. I never, never really, never really noticed that, but they are really the, the only calming moments in the film. And I guess they are to help ground like, Eric Draven to sort of like not be uh, lose his absolute mind. There was supposed to be a guy in it uh, called the Skull Cowboy, who was played by um, oh oh his name slips. My, my Michael Berryman is it? I that's it, Michael, Michael Berryman. Yeah, yeah, from uh, Hills of Eyes, mm. and they cut it all out. And um, I, I think it makes sense for them to do that. But he would have also been a sort of like grounding element to the Crow. But also he sort of I think there was a different probably a different ending because I, oh, I don't know do you ruin the ending for people effectively because um brandon lee couldn't do any further films and they decided to sign him for two more there was a different way that it could have ended and the skull cowboy was very much going to explain why these films are basically going to continue and obviously that didn't happen so they took a different direction which is perfect it was really good it worked 
but yeah, so I think those grounding elements as well, like they really necessary. It's just, I didn't, it's mad. I've re I really like that observation. So yeah, that's, they're my initial thoughts of it. I love the characters. I think they're mm. all so clearly defined, even within the bad guys. I think they've all got a different flavor of being a prick. Mm. Uh, yeah. So it was that's my, that's one of the opinion. just to touch on what you said there. It was one of the things I really noticed about it, which is this film does a lot of, and we really we talk about this quite a lot on here, which is a lot of show don't tell. You don't need to keep telling me yeah. about what's happened. If they show you a glimpse, you get a, a good idea of what they've done to Shelley and Eric. That's all you need to know. And bam, that that you know you are where you are with the story. But what I really like about it is it sort of combines the two things. So A, they show you everything. So they don't have you, like you say, him learning his powers and learning his this <laughs> and doing that. And it, it, it's just, these are the villains. This is what he's doing and this is it. But also at the same time, because they do that, you go on the journey with, with the crow, with Brandon Lee's character. And what I really like about Brandon Lee's performance in that bit is when it starts, he's quite frantic because he doesn't know mm. what's going on. And then the more he gets into the guys going after them and killing them, the more he seems to actually enjoy mm what he's doing mm. and then at one point there's a really good moment with ernie hudson's character which you've touched on there where he tells him what happened to him he sort of goes i need you to tell me mm. what happened to me mm. and you realize then oh wow he doesn't actually he knows he was killed since 2013 bombas has donated over 100 million socks underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness if we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And he knows Shelley was killed, but he doesn't know all of it. He just knows. He's obviously just driven by this almost instinctual feeling for revenge or, or whatever it is. And I and I, really, I thought it was a really good example of how to do 
a comic book film that both worked as a comic book film in the way that it looked, but also the way you would read a comic book. So like, you could see mm. some of the images were like panels of a comic book oh, where, sure. a, where characters have realizations and characters move the narrative along by their actions because you're looking, you know, when you're reading a comic book, you're sort of, you have that God's eye view, don't you, of the world mm. where you are looking at the world, you're looking at the characters and they're going through what they're going through. It's, very similar to watching a film, but obviously it's a little bit different because you're sort of slightly more re re removed from it or whatever. Um, but no, I really, I really enjoyed that, and I love that idea of as he goes along, he at first he's like, "Oh my god, what's going on? I was dead, and now I'm not." And then as it goes along, he's like, "Actually, I'm pretty enjoying like sort of doing flips and stuff <laughs> and yeah. stuff, stuff like that." Yeah, there's no justification really for why. I mean, he was a rock star. Mm. Uh, mm. Well, he was in a band. I mean, mm. not, not given that much of a clue on how big the band got, but then he's like like lighting people up with some wicked kung fu and and shooting skills. But mm. it's like it. I think what makes a good film is one where the setup means it doesn't need too much explaining. You mm. like he's he's another world. He's a supernatural force now. I mean, he hit, he self heals. So what else can he do? He can he can disappear almost at will. Mm -hmm. And so you, you never at one point was like, hold on, that doesn't. Why is he allowed to do that? What what are the mechanics of the universe? <laughs> but like any good, I mean, like like you say, Josh, like you you study like show and tell. And I've written a few scripts now. I've read a few books on it. I'm by no means an expert, but the more films you watch, you guys are fanatical. <laughs> As you get older, you kind of really kind of start understanding that 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 the act structure and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what payoffs mean. And I think it's all just so well done um, in The Crow. You don't need loads of explaining. They set it up very quickly so you know what you're kind of expect, kind of expecting. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's good. I, I made a few other notes as well. Um, I do think at its heart it's just a comedy. <laughs> like, 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 and, and, and now, now I'm going to be weird because I think Bone Tomahawk at its heart is a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I I watch Bone Tomahawk and I find myself laughing more than anything else. And in this rewatch of the Crow, and I I think it's savage and unrelenting, but the the humour in it is consistently there if you if you want to look for it. And there's like like even things where uh, T Bird. So uh, oh, we are massacring. It's 30 years old, guys. So if you haven't watched it, but like T-Bird gets like jumped by the crow and he's in the back of his car making T-Bird drive quickly. And uh, T, like the, the, it really feels, it's quite, I, I feel, got anxiety watching it because it's <laughs> narrow roads, fast and it's raining. And he's doing like a ton through these streets in the pitch black. And uh, so you've got this anxiety, but then you've got, they go past the cops and then the cops pull away. And that one of the cops has just got himself a hot coffee and he's literally pouring it on himself. And like, I'm sat there cracking up and I'm like, it's a really stressful scene. But there's there's constantly, like there's loads of comedy. Like everything Fun Boy says, who's a, one of the criminals, is is actually really funny. Although he's detestable, he's like, he's a horrible piece of shit, right? Who's, you know, getting everyone, getting people's mums strung out on morphine. And he's actually a fun, he's very funny mm. in some of the things he says like uh somebody somebody already bought me dinner the police when he's like mimicking like the little girl um and so you have like 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 you have there's lots of funny moments even within the darkness like straight after that t-bird scene when they're going down the um he parks up at a pier and t-bird just goes into this like uh um sort of recital of aspects of the bible about the devil and and he really like like a lot of the time with comic books 
you kind of like, they must all know they're in a comic book film. Right? It's mm. absolutely ridiculous what's happened. But T-Bird simply says, you can't come back. This is the really real world. Mm. And he says it so believe, believably that you kind of like, it, yeah, I mean, like, it does feel like it could just be the, the one time where the paranormal actually happened. Uh, so it's really, really good um, acting performances there as well. Oh yeah, I, so, I I completely agree. So so obviously Brandon Lee was great. I, I just to touch on what you said as well, Alice. I think Ernie Hudson is the emotional heart of this film. It's like if he's not in it, if that character's not in it, it's a sort of a, it's like a it's like a long music video. Yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but the, but, sure. but without Ernie Hudson's character and and Rochelle Davis's character as well, without that relationship driving the story forward, I'm not sure it's anywhere near as good as it. And obviously that's a, a lot mm. of that's down to the script, but a lot of it's down to he's so. He's just so likable. Whatever he's in, whether it's Ghostbusters, this, Miss Congeniality, whatever it is, he's just very, very watchable. He's very, very likable. So I thought that was good. Little shout yeah, out as well, totally. Michael Wincott. A one of the oh, best, God. one of the one of the best voices in cinema. Absolutely. Um, it's only got better with age as well. So it's good yeah. in it. If you think it's good in this, if you've not yeah. seen Nope, my God, the man, mm. the man is is basically Tom Waits. He's just growling yeah. through it. Yeah, it's, it's just brilliant. it's like it's 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 brilliant. He's got an amazing voice. Um and he's very good in it. He's a, he's a very good screen presence, considering I've not seen him in loads apart from mm. this nope. And he is actually in Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. Yeah, uh, he plays yeah. the uh, guy of Gisborne in that. So, uh, but anyway, what else for you, Alice? He did an Alien Resurrection, but yes, they are literally did, yeah. the only ones I can think of. And yeah. like, um, he is like, I think his performance is top dollar. Again, he's like, it's everything he does is quite funny and also awful. Mm. Um, and uh, I was going to say he, um, yeah, I would say he's up there with my favorite top villains. Like him and Clarence Bodiger from RoboCop mm. are probably both in my top five as pieces of shit who are just incredible uh, antagonists. Yeah, he's great. His voice is just it's just so it's just made for a bad guy's voice, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's it's those characters, it. isn't it? It's those characters mm. who are just un unashamedly evil. Like they don't do mm. they've got no redeeming qualities. They're not None. and there's there's also I think there's something to be said as well for a a, a villain that is completely without complexity. Yeah. They're just there and yeah. just there to be horrible. They're just the fucking Daleks or Darth Vader. I suppose Darth Vader's got complexity, but you know what I mean? They're just there to be mm. hated. At no point does he do anything. Because even at the beginning, when he first when he's first seen, has he not got a bit of a tear in his eye? Yeah. And his girlfriend's yeah. slash yeah. half-sister yeah, says yeah, to yeah. him, yeah. Oh, are you My thinking father's about... daughter. Yeah, are you, th <laughs> yeah. Are you, yeah are you thinking about what you've done and he's like yeah and then yeah. i was like all oh, right maybe he's like sort of like one of these he's he's, yeah. he's regretful his actions nope uh, <laughs> just hor just no. horrible but anyway he just says something super dark he's looking at a snow globe that his dad got him and in the globe is a is a is a uh graveyard mm. and he's like my dad gave me this on my fifth birthday and said uh you become an adult the day you know you're gonna die so Thanks for the present, Dad. I mean, no, no wonder he's absolutely yeah. twisted as a human being. Uh, but he's unashamedly like just, just wicked. And uh, there's like, that 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 in itself gives serves like loads of opportunities for him to get. I mean, that must be so fun to be able to play that sort of character where it's like just you know off the off off the breaks, just be as horrible scenery as you chewing want. in it, proper scenery yeah, chewing. Absolutely, yeah. But yeah. what about you? anything else from you, Alice? Anything else you particularly like about it? Uh, so we've we've definitely covered most of it, to be honest. But just to finish on the like section, and you have already mentioned it, but I hadn't at all considered the similarities between him and the Joker. 
obviously mm. in particular Heath Ledger's Joker, but then also a little bit um, Joaquin Phoenix's as well um, in the Joker. Um, but obviously we've got the obvious in terms of the aesthetic because of the makeup and the hair, but even the way that he was speaking and the language that he chose to use and some of his body language and the way he would move around the scene really reminded me of Heath Ledger. It's quite uh, manic, when, isn't when he, in he places? Joker. Yeah. And the, the, yeah. the makeup really makes the eyes pop. So all you have to do is move your eyes, move your eyes a little bit, and it and it really, really pops. Yeah, his facial expressions are amazing in it. They really are. Okay, so we'll move on then to talking about things that we perhaps didn't like about it, or that we would change about it, or anything. I don't. I always say this. I don't get the impression there's going to be loads here, but you never know. Alice, is there anything you'd change about it? More big leather coats. More, more, more men with long hair. That's what I want to say. More pale men with long hair. Yeah, and clown makeup. Love it. Uh, so there are two things, and one of these things is actually going to contradict something that Chris said earlier. So I'll save that for a second. Oh, oh. But dessert. The first Love that one, dessert. The first one is, so near the beginning, the text, a bit piece of text appears on screen that says October 30th, Devil's Night, right? Mm. But there's no apostrophe in the word <laughs> devils. And then later on, when there's a, a news bulletin on the television, it has the words devil's night on it. And there is an apostrophe in the word devils. That is so attention to detail there, Alice. Which I'm is it? Just gonna... Which is it? Is it the devil's night or is it the <laughs> Does night it belong of to the, the devils? devils? Or not? Lots of devils. Yeah. <laughs> it's got me asking questions. I even went back to the beginning after I'd finished it. Just got to make sure that that's actually right. Otherwise, I just sound like a fucking arsehole. Because <laughs> there, um, there was no apostrophe. It's mischief night here, right? That's what uh, I, I know it so, as. Yeah, yeah. mischief, or yeah. like if you're up north, Mizzy night, because obviously why Mizzy mischief is such a hard Mizzy. word to pronounce. You have, <laughs> no. to, you have to break it. Have you ever heard of that, Alice? <laughs> I've heard of mischief night, but not Mizzy night. But it's not, it's not setting fires, it's, you know, setting fireworks eggs, off. Eggs, right. Eggs. We used to call it ghost busting in Essex. Oh, right. Is that what you just saw? Yeah, we just would go around on Halloween just being... Little tear, little yeah. toe rags, basically. <laughs> annoying shits. adults. Um, what was the second thing then, Alice? What's dessert? So the dessert for me was, as much as I did enjoy it, I do think that it was a little bit long for what it is. Mm, so the, the thing is, my justification for this is that the film itself is very one note. So mm. there is only one thing going on. It's Eric and he's getting revenge. <laughs> and that is it. That is all that's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think because it's a lot of it is so intense and so loud and chaotic, you do feel a little bit exhausted when you get to about halfway or three quarters of the way through. So I feel like you could have maybe dropped 10 minutes, not, mm. not like a particular section or a particular chunk of it, but some bits I think just lasted maybe a moment too long. Like when he is killing the... The, the people that he's getting revenge on and stuff like that, or when they're having conversations with each other and Eric isn't there. Mm. Some of that I thought, well, you could drop a minute or two there and I wouldn't really lose kind of the idea and the vibe that you're going for. So it was it was just that. And that's obviously down to personal taste or whatever, but it got to the end and I was a bit like, oh, do you know what I mean? Because it's a bit of a, oh, it's a bit of a, an emotional battering, really. It's quite intense as well, I suppose. It is, very much uh, so. For the whole soundtrack, the very last song is like, how it ends is so calm because the rest of the soundtrack is obviously quite anxious. It's, it's banging. I love that soundtrack. Mm. That's weirdly my favourite Cure song is Burn. Mm. And I mean, who's ever saying that? Probably no one. 
but it's mine because of this film. And if you don't like it, fuck you. But like, it is quite an aggressive. It is quite aggressive. So like they've ended it with right. Okay, this is your sort of like Xanax now. Let, let's calm everyone down because that was really stressful. And you, like even though I do think it 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 blisters through. Uh, I, I couldn't remember the runtime, and that's why I was. It was two reasons I was cognizant of that last night was to how how quickly is this going to get going compared to modern day films, and also I've put this on a bit late, and I'm 42, <laughs> and I get tired, and so I was like, how long is it going to be? Am I going to be up past midnight tonight? <laughs> and an hour and forty didn't put me past midnight, but I was sailing close to it. Mm. And I th- and I was just like, oh fuck's sake! So I did go one forty. I, I was like, I didn't think it was that long. Mm. Um, so I kind of see what you mean with that. Like, it's a difficult one that because I don't think they were with the like the other characters for that long, like the bad guys. I wonder if if you edited that stuff out, I would still have the same opinion I I do for the bad guys. Like for example, there's a scene where they're all sat in the bar, they're swallowing bullets, mm. and and they're shouting, fire it up. And fire it up is something I would say in my teens, like when we were out drinking. Like there's so many things like how I have my hot dog, all shit like this. I've always wanted a white cat called Gabriel. There's loads of stuff in here that I, I carried with me for years. And only till watching it last night, I was like, that's from The Crow. I mean, I've never swallowed bullets, to be fair. Oh, but I wonder, <laughs> I'm just not that cool. Um, but like, I, I wonder if taking things like that away would 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 then make me not enjoy his. Because I think with any revenge thing, you've got it's got to be cathartic, right? Mm. So you've got to want those people dead, and you can only want them dead if you see at least enough of them. Mm. Um, but it's a re- it's a really good observation. I think like you know it is one hour forty for just the revenge. I don't know how long movies like um so obviously films like Old Boy, Lady Vengeance is one of my favourite films of all time. Might be top five. Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. I don't know if all of those those are. I don't know how long they they run for. I don't remember them being particularly fast films. But I think there was more to them as well. It wasn't just. Mm doing backflips and shooting and throwing knives. So <laughs> I mean, maybe there's a good reason. For that. You know, they've been trying to remake this for about 10 years now. Oh, yeah, we're, on, we're now on our third or fourth actor yeah. who's going to be the crow. It was uh, Jason Momoa. Then it was Luke yeah. Evans. I've heard other things. It's now currently Bill Skarsgård, who is... Yeah. Um, Pennywise, the most recent Pennywise. So we'll see if it we'll see if it if it gets made. If it does get made, Alice guaranteed two and a half hours this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, two and a half hours. Think? There's a bit oh, where he learns all dear. his powers. Uh, oh. yeah. probably a post a post credit scene where he gets invited to join the Crow Avengers. Um, no, no. <laughs> uh, he won't. He won't die for a fucking hour. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He won't oh, die. At least, be ha- him. at least half an hour will be him meeting Shelley, meeting yeah. Shelley's yeah. parents, yeah. getting yeah, engaged. Yeah. yeah. Nervous oh, about posing right. the question. <laughs> yeah. A whole like good segment on planning the wedding. Yeah. Mm. And the, the yeah 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 for sure. Well they well weirdly because I did read that recently uh their plans are for it to be more true to the comic right mm. uh and there's differences like top dollar actually isn't the main antagonist in it for example so, and and it's it's a bit more padded out so you are definitely staring down the barrel of a two and a half hour film mm. and like so i don't know if i like i'm not so i'm never someone who says don't make a remake i'm not that guy but i'm also like you can have a go mm. but you might ruin my fucking childhood with it or you don't because <laughs> i kind of just just Forget about it. It's not in my head canon. I just pretend it doesn't exist. But there's a good chance I won't enjoy it as much if it's mm. that long. 
Mm. It's weird. In my in my personal opinion, it's just a weird. It's a weird decision to want to remake mm. it. I don't really get it. It's like trying to yeah. remake the Matrix. Like I don't really. I don't oh, know what anyone's going to get out that. of it. Like I, I just well money. But yeah. oh, that. sorry, yeah, yeah Ugh, sure. duh, it's always the answer. It's always the answer. <laughs> but you're um, right, what Alice, about- There's no real, uh, you know. I don't know. I love Bill Skarsgård. Like the Skarsgårds, we did mm-hmm. it on our podcast top five families you want to be a part of, and Skarsgårds were my number mm-hmm. one. Like holy cow, that that family is just an incredible tour de force of talented people. Mm. And so if anyone, if I'm happy seeing anyone do it, I'm cool with Bill having a go at it. I really am. But will it happen? Will it be like, it's not going to be the dirge that came out after The Crow because there was a bunch of sequels. I ended up watching City of Crows only probably 10 years ago because I knew it was going to be crap. And it, and it really is. You can't lower your expectations enough for that film to be good. Even with Iggy Pop in it, it's just rip well, No, that's a bad. That's a bad casting choice anyway. Oh, but yeah, dear. so I don't know. Maybe leave it. You ain't gonna be. Is, yeah. is, is there anything for you, Chris, that you don't that you don't like having watched together? Is it just a solid goal, whatever for you? Um, I mean, I I I like all like I usually like, um, uh, uh you know, not using CGI in stuff. Mm. And I don't think this film really needs it. That the, the Model City did kind of stand out to me at the front. That's picking really holes in it. I think, unfortunately, I am so prejudiced. I, I, I can't be. I can't. I almost can't give a, 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 a you know, a, a rational critique of it because <laughs> I think it's just the. Pit, I mean, Pitt bought me this Crow T-shirt not that long mm. ago. It's got a. It's like a. It's Cheryl Crow. <laughs> and it's got a merging of Cheryl Crow's words Good. mixed in Good. with the crows, uh, some of the crows sayings on the back. Uh, it's difficult for me to really uh, pull that many holes in it. I think it just does what it it, it says it's going to do on the tin. Mm. It comes from a simpler time, and I wonder whether or not they're just scared of writing films that that simply now. I don't know. Mm. How about yourself, Josh? Play someone. Tear, um, so tear, the, tear I, it a new I've arsenal. got I've got two I've got two points. Cool. One is that for me. It was just a little bit too physically dark at times. Oh, it was yeah. just the odd occasion was like, I can't tell what's going on. Yeah. Um, and it might be because I, I haven't got a massive telly and I had a tight over it. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, no I, I just couldn't tell. And the second one is, yeah. is, I found Top Dollar's hair really distracting. <laughs> yeah, it is. I was it watching really it going, is. he doesn't strike me yeah. as a guy who's yeah. like, Long straight hair. That's what I'm going to go yeah. for. Like, <laughs> a, 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 it's immaculately pruned, and he's like so. The bad it's guy. conditioned. It's beautiful. It looks yeah, like yeah. a horse's mane, and yeah. he just doesn't strike me as the type no. who would have it. I just can't mm. imagine a man looking at himself in the mirror who's that intense and being like, "Yeah, yeah." It's ha- so true. Hair that needs maintenance for me. That's what it is. He's like, I'm, I started the first fires in this city. I'm also, I've also got the best hair. <laughs> but the thing is. Um, would you tell him? No, not his face. You fight, you're not going to. Because the only person in the film he does is Gideon. And I, I've got, Gideon's got a big set of balls, how he talks to Top Dollar. Mm. But it don't work out for poor Gideon. So I'd probably, he's probably like that guy, that famous person who is just is surrounded by yes men. Mm. And no one's saying, I think your hair's getting a little... Because he, he also dresses quite like Victorian, doesn't he? <laughs> He's properly got like... All his, all the other guys are like hooded gangsters that very much of the 90s. And then you've got him dressed like 200 years in the past. If you break down his outfit, he's wearing riding boots. 
Mm. Um, I've never, it's really weird to Josh you say that because I was staring at the parting in his hair last night in one of the scenes and constantly going, are they, what sort of trousers is he wearing? Because I don't look, like where <laughs> are you going on, isn't it? Are you all right, Top Dollar? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, I absolutely don't believe anyone was telling him shit because mm. he was quite villainous. <laughs> it's a really good observation, though, Josh, that, yeah. Um, okay then, so we'll move on to talking about the critical reception and the box office then, and we'll see if we can decide, is it underrated, is it underseen, is it is it whatever. So, Alice, you've seen the critical reception then, mm-hmm. so do you have any idea how it did at the box office, or do you not know? I No, I, ha- I have got a vague idea, because I, okay. did, I did have a look at that, okay. and from, from what I gathered, it so definitely got its budget. I, I didn't cheat, it's because this one was all <laughs> going to go on my list anyway, so I'd already looked it up, but um, from what I gathered... It wasn't immediately financially successful, but then it did become financially successful. And mm. I do think made its budget back quite easily, mm-hmm. is, is my understanding of it. But it was a while ago that I looked at that. Mm. Okay. Chris, have you any idea how it did critically or commercially or anything? Um, I mean, only only when you then uh, the other day reminded me, is it underseen or underrated? I was like, oh shit, I've got carried away just forgetting like, <laughs> yeah, how much I've got to pick one. Got to then pick I went and looked on IMDb <laughs> and just looked at the like the basic score across IMDb. But I, di- I didn't go to Rotten Tomatoes or anything like that. And mm. it got 7.5. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't exactly say it's underrated. Like, a 7.5 is a solid banger, for, especially for an, good, a, yeah. a, an action film. Mm. Um so, you know, it'd be I'd be lying if I was saying I think this should definitely be an eight mm. at least. That's <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I don't I think from that, I think it was probably reason that the it was pretty well reviewed. I don't know, Josh, what else have you found though? So at the time of recording, as you've just said there, it got seven point five on AMDB. Over on Rotten Tomatoes, it's a little bit kinder actually. The critics give it eighty-four percent. Which oh, is really right. high for the Christmas. That's, that's sort really of high home. for something like right. this, yeah. <laughs> and the audience give it 90%. Oh, there you go. So if you wow. work out the wow, average, wow, wow. it's about 83% or 8.3 out of 10. So that's, that's, that's the, cri- that's the critical reception. Would we say that's fair? Yeah, yeah. Know, I can be unhappy about that. I do think that yeah, the fan good. score is make is just commensurate yeah. with you know Alice and me saying everyone was watching it and you know everyone's got fond memories of it. But it is mm. stuck there. You know, mm-hmm. I remember um, probably about eight years ago before uh, meeting my my fiance. Just making that clear, Molly. She's downstairs. Um, <laughs> but I was I was I was on a dating app and I mentioned the crow. And the girl was like, oh, my God, that that's really old. And I just thought, oh, God. Like, <laughs> really old. <laughs> She's yeah, like, that's from the 90s. Yeah. I was like, yeah. There's, no, there's barely any CGI in it. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, it has well and truly been forgotten by younger generations, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a good point, actually, because mm. uh, just to touch on the critical reception there, often what you see with cult films is that the audience score is sky high because the only mm. people who go on and vote for it are the people right. who love it. So that, mm. I think that's something that's worth noting. So in terms of box office, then it did make 93 million worldwide. And like we've already touched on was called like a cult hit. But I think for me, I'm going to say that this is underseen because I don't think people are seeking this out now. And I think it's yeah, worth it I'd because agree. you can definitely look at lots of stuff that came after it and go, oh yeah, that's how it influenced X, Y, and Z. So I think it is underseen. What would you say, Chris? No, that's, that was my whole campaign <laughs> would, would, would be underseen. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Like you can't, you can't really say any of the others, but certainly underseen. It's a, yeah. it's now a bit of a gem, and I think 
I think that cult following, how long does that last until it's only going to sh- shrink further and further? And because of obviously Brandon Lee's unfortunate passing. Mm, mm. So, yeah. Well, would you agree, Alice? Are we saying this is appropriately rated and underseen? Yeah, certainly. I, I can definitely get on board with that. Well, there we go. Another one that's in the, it's appropriately rated, but underseen. And that's why you picked it, Chris. So that's a, that's a win. Um, so tell the guys at home then, <laughs> tell the guys at home then a little bit more about where, where can they find your stuff? What have you got going on? Where can they seek you out? Yeah. So, um, you guys, we were lucky enough to have you guys on our, uh, our podcast. So I had that with, uh, so Stewie with him. Uh, yeah. Hardcore listing where we, we run down top fives. Um, we sometimes have guests. Sometimes it's just me and, uh, my, my matey Stuart within, uh, just being horrible to each other over <laughs> the discussion of a top five. It'd be lovely to have you guys back on. I'm sure love you to. can pick another one. Absolutely I mean, I never to. get bored of discussing film, um, especially with you guys. It's really fun. Um, so yeah, predominantly hardcore listing is where you can normally find me at hardcore listing is really all you need to type into Instagram and you'll see my, um, my bearded face. <laughs> Oh, there you go. And it's, it's just wherever wherever you get podcasts, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Ex- Acast, Spotify, uh, uh, iTunes. All the usual. Yeah, it's it's yeah. all over the well, show. Well, we'll yeah. obviously put it out when this comes out and we'll also make sure we'll put episode links in the, links in the episode description as well. So make sure you check that out. Do give Hardcore Listing a, a, a listen. It's well worth a listen because it's, it, you know, there's there's a lot of podcasters that are quite specific, but what's really good about Hardcore Listing is that you can find a topic that suits you. If you like music, there's music, there's food, there's film, there's there's loads of stuff so it is it is definitely worth a listen so so check it out we were on it hopefully we'll be on it again uh what did we two top five films we wish we'd been at opening night for yeah it? yeah yeah that was a good one was good. Very, yeah, very we'll, cool. uh, yeah we'll try and, we'll try and get on again uh, chris glasson thank you very much my pleasure thank you thank thanks you. so much chris Well, there we go. Another guest episode in the bag. The Crow, then appropriately rated, but uh, underseen. Um, t- I tell you what, it's well worth a watch. If you like your comic book films, if you want to know what influenced a lot of other comic book films and films that came after it, it's definitely worth a watch. Um, it's very good. Or if you like dark, gothic things as well, it's definitely going to be up your street as it was Alice's when she was a teenager. Um, and, and a bit still now. Uh, anyway, oh, yeah. we'll be back next week uh, with another episode in your ears. If you'd like to get in touch with us in the meantime, the email address is film, films and that at films and that pod at gmail.com. And uh, you can find us on all the social medias if you just search for us when we will be there. Um, we are on Patreon as well. So if you fancy getting some bonus stuff, access to episodes a day um, a day or two early, um, extended episodes as well, head over to patreon.com forward slash just films and that, and you'll find us. We're also on the television as well, aren't we, Alice? We are indeed. Every Friday from 6 pm, you can find us on the local TV network. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool, or the northeast of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales, or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. I've also been uploading all the videos to Daily Motion. So if you head on over there and type in just films and that, you'll be able to find us talking about all our favourite underrated and underseen films. Yes, indeed. Lots of ways to hear us, see us, engage us, and all that stuff. Thank you very much to Chris for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure. Make sure you check out the um, links in the episode description for all of his stuff. And we'll see you next week. It's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.